Welcome to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm your co-host, Aaron. Today, we're going to be talking about a movie from 1982, Pieces. It's a uh, directed by a Spanish director, Juan Piquer Simone. And he, I guess, was trying to make everything seem like it is in America. Um, even though this was, I believe, directed in Spain. And um, I don't, like, once again, I don't know why Italians and other foreign countries want to try to make movies or anything that they do like us Americans because we're kind of boring. Right. Um, what, what is your take on that, Aaron? From all the movies that we've been watching and reviewing and knowing that almost every foreign film that we've watched has been trying to appease to the American audience, how, like, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's kind of interesting to see, like, how they see, you know, see us mm-hmm. and, like, you know, how they interpret us in their movies. But, like, I understand, like, because a lot of it, like, when it comes to, like, movies and shit like that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're the, probably one of the biggest countries with when it comes to movies and shit like that. So, you know, Americans, they want their hands on everything. So. Yeah. If you want, you know, the, that reach, if they want that reach into the U.S., then they, you know, unfortunately kind of have to, you know, like you said, like you said, appease Americans, but like, yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, but um, I think it is cool to see how they interpret us, though. You know? Yeah, and another thing to note, too, is that um, I actually went in uh, – Rewatched Joe Bob's review of this on Shudder from um, mm-hmm. Joe Bob's Last Drive-In. Because his first marathon that he did, he actually reviewed this. This is the last one he reviewed. So I went over there to see if there was anything I could pull from that to add to this review. And it's pretty much everything I was already reading and, and kind of knew about. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's very interesting is that apparently um, Juan was one of the first um, Spanish directors to get American money to get his film made. And he wanted to make a slasher. And he made this for $300,000. Oh. And um, that's actually pretty good for 1982. I um, yeah. I think the effects in this movie, because they're all practical, obviously. And they're mm-hmm. all very good. <laughs> uh, very visceral and gruesome. And you oh, see yeah. everything. Yep. <laughs> and uh, another really cool thing is that he actually made a little bit of profit off this. Because the box office said that. It made two million dollars. Oh wow, so that's pretty good. Yeah, made um, a little chunk of money. <laughs> yeah, even though um, apparently when this movie was uh, released, a lot of the um, feminists were attacking it because all the girls were being killed in this movie. <clears throat> and um, back then, uh, uh, the feminist movement was very, um, very strong. I mean, it's still here today, but it's I feel like it's kind of calmed down, and people have. I want to say worried about up different a little issues bit. now. I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they're still going to attack things like this, but not to the extent that they were doing with like reviewers and even Joe Bob was saying that he was getting hate from them for reviewing this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just a movie, you know. Yeah. I mean, no one's trying to attack a specific group unless they're actually saying that's what they're trying to do, and there definitely mm-hmm. are movies out there that are trying to, you know, do. Do something like that. Like, with, stir um, up shit, yeah. 
yeah, and like you know, try to shock the audience. Yeah, uh, but, but if you think about it, though, horror movies since they've been around, you know, like the uh, female cast, they they they're always the first to like you know they're always getting killed, and you know, yeah. like, but I uh, I guess I can see where they're coming from, where it's like in this movie, it's strictly like females. But, oh yeah, I mean, but, I can uh, agree on that one too. But I just feel like taking it to that extreme to really oh, go and attack people is just yeah. much. But also on yeah. the same end, horror has a lot of, you know, final girls like a lot of girls who are very strong in their roles and, and like, overcome the films, these things. Yeah. So it's like it's like both ends of the bullet, you know. So mm-hmm. one end. Someone's trying to get like all the girls killed, and the other one, the writer's trying to get the girl to survive and you know yep. thrive and make it through the whole movie. Uh, but uh, this movie is super enjoyable. Uh, the effects are amazing. But before we jump into the actual review, as usual, we're going to go through all of our socials so you guys know where you can find us. And um, hopefully you guys can come and join the conversation off of podcasts and comment on videos and such like that and also go check out all the people that have been on the podcast um like last week we had the amazing horror gamer on and i think that episode was super fun oh yeah uh he was so chill he's actually made a couple of videos um in regards of to us because he sent them some goodies and he also thanked us for you know having him on and uh, we would love to have him on here again uh, so make sure you guys go Definitely. and support him his links will be in the chat as well. And also, for our first guest, uh, Dina Dead Hot Sauce, he's still linked in all of the uh, bios of any of the episodes and wherever it is. So you guys can go check out those two awesome people. But um, where you guys can find us is on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. You can find us on Twitter, which is also the exact same handle as that. Um you can find us on Instagram, which is, I think I just changed it to the Barron's Hideout underscore podcast. Uh, I know it's a lot, guys, to type out, but if you just look up the BHO underscore podcast, things will pop up for you. Yeah. Um, we also have a Patreon where you guys can go and support us there. That's the best way to do that. And we give you guys as much content as we possibly can. You guys get our notes after every episode. You also get early access to the video. And audio versions of all of the episodes that we put out. Um, what am I missing? There's always something. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? All right. Well, I actually uh, recently changed my Instagram handle. It you is did? now. I didn't even yeah, realize. It's actually simpler now. So now it's just going to be Aro B H O. I like that Aro B H O. Oh man. Or you can great. call me Aro B Ho. Um, <laughs> B <B-ho. laughs> But yeah. Um, so it's just a row BHO. You can find me on Instagram. I post updates about the show whenever we're going to go live. Um, and just like, you know, everyday stuff from my life, you know, pictures of my cats, um, stuff like that. Uh, you know, shameless, um, or shame, you know, like, uh, promotions for liquid death. <laughs> yeah. Liquid death always. They liked my photo, actually. Oh, they did? We <laughs> yeah. were always supporting Liquid Death. I actually sent the case to a horror gamer, and he unboxed that, and he, he loves it. So now he's hooked. So um, if you guys haven't try. tried Liquid Death, we're not sponsored by any means. But, I mean, hey, Liquid Death, we're here. And we sold our souls to you. So, I mean, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. 
Um, oh, another really cool thing is we have shirts now. And if you guys yeah. tuned in to the last episode, we actually showed them off. And that's just our Teespring store. And I think it, if you just search up Teespring, the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast, uh, you can find us on there. They gave us um, our own uh, web handle. I don't like it, but I also don't want to pay right now to get our own store because it's not really um, something that's uh, being listed Feasible. off right now because it's brand new. Um, so that's something, another place where you guys can go support us. I made everything as cheap as possible. Uh, shirts start at um, 15 bucks. So I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, once again, if you guys want to support us, that's the best way to do that. You can go wear us on the street. I'm going to be adding a couple more designs on there as well. Um, but also on our socials, we have everything listed there and all the pictures where you guys can see what they are. Uh, let's see. Is there anything I'm missing, Aaron? I think we just about covered it. Sorry, guys. Like yeah, I have like, the worst memory when it comes to doing <laughs> the socials because there's so many of them. I'm, oh, also YouTube. That's the one I oh, never yeah. mention is YouTube. So <laughs> all the um, video files go up on YouTube also the day after we, um, we record. So we upload on um, Saturday night to Patreon. And we also stream on Saturday night at 9 p.m. on Twitch, which is just uh, twitch.tv slash thebaronshideout underscore podcast. If you guys want to go and watch these live and join the conversation live, that's the best way to do that also. Um, but I think that's about it for all of the socials. So we're going to jump into 1982 Pieces. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. So, we start off with a... It's like it's a title card, but it's not the title. It just says, Boston, 1942. And I believe we're zooming into a house. Like, we're looking at a house. And then (laughs) we get, uh, we go in, the camera pans into a bedroom with a little boy who's singing Humpty Dumpty. And he's putting together a puzzle of a naked girl. Because (laughs) I don't know how old this boy is, but he's probably in his teens. So, I mean, you know, teenagers will be teenagers regardless of the year. (laughs) Um, and his mom comes in and sees the puzzle and <laughs> like slaps the shit out of him, and it's just like, and starts talking bad about his father and like, you can kind of tell that this boy is in an abusive uh, household, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably the mom that's doing it because she's even talking horrible shit about his dad. Yeah, and we don't see his dad, but we can see that his mom just doesn't like her son for some weird reason and then she says a quote she says go get a plastic bag i'm gonna burn everything that escalated quickly <laughs> i just wanted why does she need a plastic bag to burn shit but why because mm. she doesn't like the puzzle so what i'm thinking is was she wanting the plastic 
bag to put the puzzle in, but then burn everything else? Or I think she was holding the puzzle and she was also like destroying his room and like yeah. looking for other things. She's like, well, you must have other stuff in here. Um, but uh, anyway, she she wants a plastic bag for some reason. The boy goes, he, he leaves the room and she continues to tear apart the whole bedroom. Um, and she's like still talking shit about him and like her father. I mean, his father, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then the boy returns and she's like, oh, did you get the bag? And she turns around, and he's holding an axe, and it <laughs> straight up murders her. This is within the first like three minutes. Yeah, it escalates very quickly, <laughs> but it's oh, yeah. good. <laughs> um, yep. I enjoy it a lot. So he he kills her, and then <sighs> someone's ringing the uh, the doorbell. So like these events are happening very quickly. So. There's a girl who's ringing the doorbell a lot. And then we go back upstairs and we see the boy. He's We don't see him actually doing it, but he's holding a saw and he's sawing. I We would know his mother. Yeah. So he's like sawing her into pieces. pieces. Hence the, uh, the, the title, maybe. <laughs> um, so as he's doing it, the bell's still ringing. And then the phone rings. He ignores that also, but then, uh, what he pick? What does he pick up? He picks up something and looks outside the window. Is that the puzzle? Yeah, it's the puzzle, I believe, because he's like, um, he's continuing to put it together as he's just chilling there and um, ignoring the phone and shit. Yeah, so like, his mom is completely dead. He's covered in blood. The whole room is pretty bloody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he looks at the window and there's a bunch of cops, and then they break into the house, which. Who who alerted the cops? Because um, yeah. as far as we know, it was just him and uh, his mother there. We didn't see his father. Um, the girl who was ringing the bell a lot, so maybe she had suspicions of something. Yeah. Um, and then got the cops there. And I guess his name is uh, Timmy. She says little Timmy. Timmy. Uh, so we get like a name drop there of this boy. But as they jump in to the house and break it down... And they break down the bloody door. The boy runs into the closet. And uh, the woman is uh, looking for him and, I believe, the mother. Yeah. But also, I think she makes a remark of something that she says that the mother didn't like the son and she was afraid something happened. And that's why it was all bloody or something along the lines like that. Uh, But then the cops open up uh, one of the closets because there's two of them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the head of the mother, so they're freaking the fuck out, especially the uh, <laughs> the girl. And then they open up the other one, and it's the boy, and he's Little calling bastard. for his mother. He's but before the victim. <laughs> before we jump into the next part, right now, Aaron, what are you thinking of all this? Like, wh- as this whole thing is happening, where's your mind at? Well, clearly his kid's home life isn't very good. Um, you know, he's being controlled by this, like, ultra-religious, like, mother. The father's away in the Air Force. So, um, yeah, I think he, this has been going on for a long time, and he finally snapped, you know. But, um, 
honestly i mean it's an exciting first five minutes of the movie that's for sure oh yeah this, <laughs> this grabs you man this grabs you um very quickly and if you like blood this is definitely the movie for you and if you like um seeing like limbs and shit get chopped off this is also your movie um yeah so the first time i watched this um was one time before joe bob actually uh reviewed mm-hmm. it on shutter um and I don't remember it being this crazy because it, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So yeah. like, I just dropped a lot of the mm-hmm. memories of it. But once I rewatched it with Joe, I was like, wow, this movie is actually really fucking crazy. There's a lot of shit that happens in here. And um, the effects are great. Um, some of the dialogue, not so much because, once again, this is an overdubbed uh, film, even though some of the people in it are native um, English speakers. So they didn't have to overdub them. But they did anyway because you know it's foreign countries and they love to do that shit, especially the Italians. <laughs> um, but moving on, we jump to forty years later, and we see this girl. This uh, she's on like a skateboard or like a longboard, whatever they were called back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just rolling through campus. Yeah, and it's like a I think it's a yellow longboard or something like that. And as she's um uh, on the board. We see uh, this um, glass cleaning or whatever it is van that pulls up. They they deal in glass or mirrors or whatever it is. They they specialize in a lot of stuff. So she's going through the campus and there's like I I think like sort of like mellow music kind of playing. It's just kind of yeah. kind of cheery. Whatever. Kind of reminds me of the beginning of Back to the Future. Honestly. Oh wow, it does. That's kind of funny. I might have to go he, and rewatch that now and see if I, if I pick up on that. When he's like skateboarding through town and like <laughs> you know, yeah, you get that cheery music going and <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's just skateboarding, nothing unusual, and then she gets on the sidewalk and these uh, glass and mirror dudes pull out this long fucking mirror, this huge mirror. It kind of like sets off like a vibe from like when you would watch like Looney Tunes or something. Yep, and they just <laughs> and yep, they like I'm... run into like the paintings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of reminds me of because she's going, and she slams into the goddamn thing, and we don't really see a lot happen, but we know that she's dead. But why didn't she jump off? Mm, yeah, bail. You know, like you why can't slow the... down? Ah, into the glass. I know, the just screaming the whole way to like. It. Come on, man! Just jump off the goddamn. I'd rather board. scrape my fucking knee or my elbow, you know, than going yeah, through like, a mirror. I'd rather deal with that than have like shards of glass and shit in my eyeballs and stuff. Yeah, right. And um, oh, I failed to mention actually before that we get a um, the look at this guy who is all in black. Oh and, yeah. Um, he he opens up a drawer with um. Bloody shoes, uh, a shirt, and a picture of a girl with a red X on. And I believe the picture of that girl was the one who slammed into the uh, the mirror, I believe. So I uh, that's so. pretty much the first uh, ten minutes. And it doesn't really slow down. This movie is constantly... Just keeps going. The momentum <laughs> is absolutely crazy, and it's great if... It keeps you engaged. Uh, the movie is really not that long either. It's uh, less than an hour and a half. It's like yeah, an hour and twenty-five minutes. An hour and twenty. Minutes. Yeah. So it's um it's, it's pretty uh pretty interesting. If you guys haven't seen this, 
please go watch it. Uh, so we jump to uh, on campus where there's a group of uh, boys and girls talking. Uh, wait, I keep jumping ahead. I'm sorry, guys. My notes are so like put together. <laughs> Before that, I think we're still on campus, though. So I got yeah. that part right. Uh, there's a girl who's just um, studying, and there's a guy behind her with a chainsaw who seems to be about to um, fix the bushes or whatever. And yep. he he starts it, and the girl's like, hey, um, can you go do that somewhere else, or can you give me a few minutes? He's like, well, I'll just be right done. Be done in a few minutes. So she continues on reading, and then the dude comes over with a yellow chainsaw. He's uh, dressed in black. And off with her head. Jeez. Right in the broad daylight, too. Yeah, like, who? we don't really <laughs> see the surrounding area where this is happening. Yeah. It's very close. Like, where she is is very close to the bushes where the guy was. Um, So we don't know if there was other people out there. But you would imagine that there's got to be other people around there. Um, Especially if it's a nice day out and it's on campus. People like to go outside. But um, anyway... Oh, yeah. So that's our what third kill, I, I believe in this film so far. Twelve minutes in. <laughs> yeah, uh, three kills in less than twenty minutes. It's crazy. But um, yeah. then we jump to the actual inside of the campus where we have inspectors. I call them inspectors, but it's a lieutenant, and um, I also call the other one a detective, but I don't know what the other one is. I think it's Mr. lieutenant and a cop. Some... So yeah. I'm just gonna call them inspectors or um detectives just because it's easier so they're uh talking to a secretary and they're saying hey can we uh speak to the dean we want to um want to ask him about like what's going on in campus because obviously they've been alerted that there's killings happening on the campus um so they were like is he, is he available and she's like in a few minutes he's busy with um a meeting or he's on a call um so he's in the other room then he comes out and actually, I think he intercoms her and says, are they here? And he's like, yep. And she's like, okay, well, bring them right on in. So they start uh, talking. Nothing really important at this point. So they kind of um, take away from there. Mm-hmm. Um, take away from there. And then they jump us to a corridor where there's a group of girls and boys is kind of talking. Being, being, you know... I guess you can call them... They must be still in their their teenage years, I would have to say. So they're having a a casual talk about waterbeds. (laughs) And they're they're smoking. And then I have a couple of quotes here that I think are very, very fucking funny. So there's a boy who says, Have you ever been laid on a waterbed? And then a girl says, The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. It's really fucking funny because they're um, talking before about having a new waterbed, I guess, in one of the relaxation rooms near the um, the gym. So they're like, oh, they have it in there. So I guess they're just kind of you know, shooting shit and saying, hey, let's go. Let's go down there and have some sex and have fun on the, <laughs> the waterbed and smoking pot. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, and then we get another kind of cringy moment here. This this comes off very cringy to me. And you can also tell that the dialogue is kind of not that great. Because once again, this is overdubbed. So the way that these people are talking is is a little weird. 
But one of the girls reaches out to a professor who we find out later his name is Professor Arthur Brown. And she goes over <laughs> to him and asks, all the, all the girls are talking about, like, my pecs. Can you tell me where they are? Can you show me? And this girl's got, like, this, the pointiest, like, boobs I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> and um, she's trying to kind of make a move on him, but also, like, kind of want him to, like, touch her. But all he does is point to his chest, and it's like, it's in this area. <laughs> and then the whole group just starts laughing and, and whatnot. Um, so... This is within like the first like twenty minutes. So we have kind of cringy dialogue, three kills, detectives coming in and asking about the killings, and getting introduced to new characters without really being introduced to new characters. And um, at this point, Aaron, I will let you take it away. I'm pretty sure this is um the uh, professor talking to the detectives and the dean. The dean, I right? Believe. Yep. So yes, we got the inspectors talking to the dean. But what's going on with all the slangs on campus, uh, you know, just questioning him. And his main concern is, oh, don't let this get out to the media. You know, uh, try to keep this as quiet as possible, you know, and they're like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's going to ruin, it's going to fuck up, fuck, you know, make our job harder anyway if you, you know, you let it out. But yeah, so anyways. And uh, Professor, he introduces Professor Brown to the inspectors. He's like, oh, I want you to show, this is our anatomy professor. I want you to show him around campus. He's like, oh, I'm kind of, he's like, I'm kind of busy. So um, he's like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> and they just shoot the shit. They're just talking. So, you know, he's like, reach out to me if you need anything. And, you know, he insists on it too, which is kind of like, you're like, oh, all right. Um this guy really wants to help or he's up to something. Um, yeah. But, and uh, mm. one thing I don't think we mentioned at the beginning of this too is that this movie is a slasher slash a, a whodunit kind whodunit. of film. <laughs> so I'm um, like at this point they're trying to, you know, make it yeah, seem like something. one of these people is, is probably doing a killing. But uh, yeah. go ahead, Aaron. But anyways, um, <clears throat> so they... They leave his office, um, and they walk down the hallway. Professor Brown, he's like, oh, this is my classroom here. <laughs> he's like, all right, lead the way, you're first. So they go into his classroom, and um, <clears throat> anyways, they just, uh, yeah, go into his classroom. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, this. yeah, it is. He pulls a skull off of his desk, and he's like, oh, this is a gift from a student. I don't know where the fuck he got it, but... It's like, you know, what? This is a skull of a 16-year-old girl. But, oh, So, okay. already at this point, they're trying to paint him it's as the, the dude, you know? You yeah. you can tell, like, right away, that, like, okay, so maybe this guy is the killer. Yeah. But, uh, and then just, um, so, yeah, and they're just kind of like, all right. Yeah, they're like, a little uh, weird. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <clears throat> Then, um, I think that just—I don't think it's too much that happens in that scene. They kind of no, they uh, they kind of break away from that pretty quickly. But um, and then we cut to uh, the groundskeeper, I believe, Willard. Yep, Willard. Um, with his saw. Um, 
and he's um kind of just I think he's just doing his job, you know. He's trimming the bushes and you know, but yeah. using his chainsaw for his job and um hmm. anyway. Uh I think kind of think the dean comes. Feeling, yeah, that's right. The dean comes up. Um because I feel like I'm missing something. But anyways. Um <clears throat> sorry, I lost my it's okay. Yeah, so <laughs> at, at this point, the dean kind of just uh, goes up to him and is, he's talking about, like, hey, have you finished that job yet? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's right. like, oh, maybe, like, another, like, week or two. And he's like, I'm kind of taking my time because I'm not being paid by the hour here. And this is, like, something his secretary wanted. He's like, well, okay, well, you need to hurry this up so you can move on to the next one. So yeah, now they're right. trying to paint another suspect mm-hmm. of, like, who's doing it. And, like, obviously, he's holding a yellow chainsaw. He's yeah. outside in the grounds. So it's like, okay, well, is it this guy or is it Professor Brown? So already in your mind, you're trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. All right. But anyways. Um, and then we cut to some more students. We got... Um, Kendall. Kendall. Um, this is something... <laughs> Kendall and his uh girlfriend, I assume, or one of his friends. Um, they're we'll in the say library. Colleague, colleague yeah, <laughs> or peer. Um, she passes him a note though, and um, and she's implying she wants to have sex in a pool. She's like, I want to do it underwater. He's yeah, it's like, like Why? Oh, 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 okay. Um, and she leaves, and um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so. And then um, he finds the note. Uh, well, he, meaning the unknown suspect, finds the note that he crumbled up and tried to throw into the trash, but he missed. So he's like, yeah. little Personally do they know, this guy's already <laughs> watching them. Um, so he picks up the note, says, you know, reads the note, says, I want to do it underwater. Um, and then we cut to her going to the swimming pool. Uh, she just left the library. She's got her books and all that. And uh, it's kind of dark in there, too. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it's probably closed. They're not supposed to be there. Um, I also but... think the music at this part is really funny, too. It's like they put like mm-hmm. this sexy, like, sax music on. Oh, I know, right? It's, like, it's so funny. <laughs> trying to get you um, in the mood. Yeah. Um, but And then she starts getting undressed. Um, and... She are, she was prepared for this shit. She already had oh, yeah, on underneath. And every... <laughs> she was but, ready. Um, and then, uh, so she's in her bikini, and then she takes her top off and just does this like perfect dive. Like, <laughs> just she didn't even test the fucking water either. Like that shit must have been freezing. But I guess that's the least of their concerns. <laughs> um, when you're horny, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, so she's she dives into the pool, not knowing that she's being stalked by the man in black. Um, so, um, anyways, uh, uh, then she's swimming in the pool. She sees the door creep creak open. She thinks it's Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "Oh, Kendall, you get over here," you know. Um. <laughs> Doing a thing, and then 
the man in black he, he must this motherfucker must be quick too by the way because like um for her to glance at the door and he's just already gone you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah he's in the shadows he's um, like batman uh-oh Alright, so yeah, this motherfucker's creeping in the shadows. She's swimming in the pool where she's not supposed to be. And you kind of see like almost like a first person view of a pool skimmer. Um, and you got the black leather gloved hands just grabbing the pool skimmer. Now my first thought is he was gonna beat their beat her to death with it or somewhere like push her down and drown her with it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But um and then uh <clears throat> yeah kind of just puts it over her head and like pulls her out of the pool with it and um just my like... thought here is i understand this is over your head but you're also in water can't you just just go under, under it and yeah or grab it because it's only her head mm-hmm. so she could have like i don't know did something but once again this is a horror movie yeah so. um but anyways yeah so um he grabs her um, by the hair and like pulls her up too, and just then um, pulls her out of the water and then kills her with a chainsaw. Um, and a little bit later, Willard comes um to uh, turn the lights on, ironically. Um, yeah, no, right. Uh, but uh, and sees Kendall like who has who was who got there a little late. Um, and you know, was trying to get laid, and he sees Willard, runs out the door. Uh, Willard decides to follow him, and he sees the bloody chainsaw, he sees the dead body. Um, and then the police come in, they see just Willard and the dead body and the chainsaw, and they're like, This motherfucker killed this bitch. Um, and he's like, No, no, (laughs) this part is so funny too, because they all just immediately start like almost trying to tackle him and he's just like pushing him off like it's nothing he like kicks this guy across the fucking pool it's like these Um, are cops like i understand like you may be trying to defend yourself but they're not they're not beating you up but right then and there they could have arrested his ass for that yeah um anyways (laughs) i don't blame the guy though it's like obviously wrongfully accused as we think right now anyway yeah but, like, I mean, if I have a bunch of police jumping on me, just assuming, you know, like, I'm going to fight that. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not in this It really depends on the situation, so. I feel. Yeah. But, yeah, so he's obviously, though, like, he's like, I didn't do it. He's like, why are they after me? And, mm-hmm. but, anyways. Uh, so he just tells them he just discovered the body. He has nothing to do with it. Um, and the cops are there. They're stumped. You know, they don't know. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, the entire torso is just gone. Yep. Um, so they're like, I wonder what he's doing with all these pieces. It's like he's building a puzzle. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then the next day, uh, we're at the police station. We got Dr. Jennings. Um, oh, yeah, this guy. Uh, so who's there to do a profile on the murder and kind of, you know, get some answers to what's going on and who's doing it. Um, but oh, then, Actually, I think before that, Aaron. Yeah, did I, I miss something? I think I might have jumped a little bit. I can take it if you want. Okay. So that part does happen, but there's something I think that happens in between. 
is um, um the uh, the dance the dance scene. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's okay. So um so they kind of talk about a note that Grace left, which isn't really that important. I mean, it kind of is because it's like what kind of tips off people to uh to know that she was probably killed. But um mm-hmm. after that, we just uh randomly get cut to this group of uh girls. I guess it's like a, a dance class or something. And um once again, the person in black is just in the door looking at the girls, and then one of the girls is like. I really, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I, I want to take a break. So she goes to the bathroom, but I need to note, man, this bathroom feels like it's in the fucking basement. She goes okay. down like five flights of stairs, and she has a feeling that she might be getting chased or stalked or something because she hears noises. Mm-hmm. And then we get um a bit of a quick little jump scare of another girl in the bathroom. So it's kind of like a, a red herring at this point. Mm-hmm. So that she wasn't um actually, well, she kind of was being chased because the guy was there, but not really. Yeah. And then um after that, we jumped to the, the doctor who was at the, um, at the precinct or whatever. And they bring yeah. in Kendall and want to talk to him to kind of get the profile of this killer. And um so they seek help from him. Uh, and then they're kind of talking about bringing people to uh the school to be there on duty to just make sure things aren't happening and apparently mm-hmm. this job is kind of um if you want to do it you'll do it so it's volunteer pretty much only you're not really uh demanding like, to do it yeah. so they talk to uh well the main detective uh goes to talk to this girl named Mary who Mary Riggs who um works on the force and then Kendall sees her, and but before that, Mary agrees to go and do it. She's like, "Is this dangerous?" And he's like, "Yes, it is." And she's like, "Well, I'm gonna do it." And it's like, "Well, okay." So <laughs> this, this girl's got some balls. So yeah. Kendall, after speaking to the doctor, is like, "Well, everything's all good." And he's like, "Wait a second, uh, you're Mary. Uh, you do tenants and stuff, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, but this is also my job." And he's like, "Wait, you're on the force?" She's like, "Yep, I I work here." And I'm going to be on your on your campus. And then they kind of set this goal for Kendall to be the person to look out for her to make sure things aren't going to you know, go wrong and help her out if anything needs to mm-hmm. work. And they set her so up That's as... a lot of responsibility for a college kid, you know? Like, yeah. like, I mean, I understand, like, you know, his girlfriend or his friend was just killed and shit, but they're just, like, pulling him into this investigation. It's like, take care of this lady. She's an undercover cop. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like, oh. Like, like... Am I getting paid for it? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so they set her up as the quote-unquote new tennis coach. And we get a glimpse. Well, not really a glimpse. It's kind of a short game of tennis with her. Uh, I believe it's on campus. And she's uh, facing off with a student, I believe. And um, obviously, Mary wins. And then um, we get uh, a reporter. So we introduce a new character. We're introduced to new char- two new characters. It's Mary... And this reporter who's trying to figure out what's going on because she's been hearing rumors that um, stuff is going on on campus and there's killings. And everybody's denying that. Like, nope, nope, nothing's going on. Yeah, so she's kind this... of an asshole to her, honestly, though. She's like, I mean, I, understandably, because you don't want this shit getting out. But she going to everybody and they're all like, fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's just literally. like, 
<laughs> I feel like I'd probably be doing the same thing too, though, but maybe yeah. maybe not that harsh. Mm-hmm. So um, she shows up at the game, and it's I believe the dean is now talking to Mary. And as they're talking, the girl walks up and tries to talk to the dean, and the dean's just like, no, like fuck off. Leave me alone. We're, we're far too busy to go and talk to you. Yeah. So that ends, and now we see the man in black putting more pieces of the puzzle together. And one thing to add, too, is that every time he kills, he's adding a separate party um, body part to the puzzle. So I first it's the that. head, then it's the torso, then the arms. this is the arms, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they're doing that. Now we jump back to the dancing room where we met that first girl who had to go to the bathroom. So she's there alone. There's a, we must be practicing whatever kind of dance routine they're, they're trying to do, but she's there alone. Um, she starts hearing music. Um, or is that her music that's playing? I think it's her music. Is it her music? Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of a different part. So she's uh, dancing the music, and then she goes to shut it off. And then uh, she also hears, I think, more noises. And she's, like, in a hurry. She starts getting dressed. The man in black is there again, watching her. Um, So she's hurrying along. She shuts off her music. She grabs all of her clothes. She runs out. Once again, she's going down, like, 10,000 flights of stairs. Of course. Um, (laughs) Conveniently. uh, She knows that she's being stalked. And what's really cool is that as she leaves the room... The guy enters the other end of the room, so there's two doors to that go through the same room, mm-hmm. and it's, it, she starts off the lights, leaves, and then she, he opens up the door, and it's all blue, and he walks in. So they pretty much do like a um, a full like circle, which is weird because she goes downstairs, but then goes through the same door, I believe, that he came through in the dance hall, and then she magically appears at this window where it's raining out, and there's an elevator there. And then I have this quote here, which is kind of important. She says, oh, it's you, sir. You made me jump. <laughs> so she knows who this person is. We don't know. He's, this is the man in black, and he's not wearing his mask at this point because you kind of see like, the side of his face because they, they enter the elevator together because she's obviously just trying to get back to her dorm or wherever. Yeah. And it's raining out. So they enter, and... He has his goddamn chainsaw. He's hiding it behind, behind his back, and she doesn't see it. And then we get a very awesome effect of him literally cutting off her arm. I know, and so smoothly too. It's so good. The effects in this movie are so good for this low of a budget. It's in the eighties, yeah. Um, and as this is happening, who's outside? Kendall and a bunch of cops, because. They hear a bunch of screams. Kendall runs up, and he's like, they're trying to get in. He's like, I need to climb through this window to open up the door. So he does that, opens up the door. They run to where um, the screams are coming from, and then they find the girl with her arm gone and blood everywhere, and then one of the cops throws up, (laughs) which I probably (laughs) would too, to be honest. Yeah, right. It's uh, it's very bloody and and gross in there. Uh, Then we cut to... uh, Pretty much, the, uh, actually, I don't know if the dean's here yet, but we do have the two detectives, the cops. I know yep. Professor Brown shows up out of fucking nowhere, um, <laughs> and they're told by the paramedics that the girl might be alive, but then he talks to another paramedic, and is like, nope, she's 
not going to make she, it. Yeah. So it's like, well, what is it? Because if she's alive... alive... after having your arm cut off, though. <sighs> like, with a chainsaw, like, that brutally, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fucking nuts. Fuck that. Like, but... I wouldn't want to live after that, even if I had a prosthetic arm, just knowing that I had my arm chopped off by a chainsaw. I don't want that mm-hmm. in my head all the time, yeah, you right. know? <laughs> uh, imagine that phantom pain, too, what people talk about. Like, oh, yeah. Like, having phantom limbs and shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, yeah. Yeah, so they, they're talking, and then Professor Brown just walks out of nowhere, and they're like, where the hell did you come from? Like, is there even, like, what? Like, hello is like, well, I was just, I was coming from, uh, from the library. So they're kind of talking to him, and then we get another shot of the dean coming in. But if you realize, as he walks into the room, he's fixing his clothes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. maybe there's a little bit more foreshadowing there, or maybe another red herring. Because we've had about two or three red herrings already. Um, so who knows? Is it the dean? Or yeah. is it Professor Brown? I really want to know. If you guys haven't seen this movie let us know in the comments and then what's really funny as the detectives are, are leaving you get like this full shot of all these <laughs> these suspects of who could be the killer so i just labeled this the whodunit room because as they're leaving it's just all of the people in this one <laughs> shot and you're if you pause it you could be like hmm, is it this dude because i think we have the gardener there i'm pretty sure he's there for some reason um we have the dean we have professor brown we have kendall we have some of the cops and uh, some other random people. But just that shot's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, anyways, let me take over for a minute. <laughs> sure, go right ahead. If you, if you want to uh, jump in. I'm getting out of breath a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. But after all that, um, this is when you see Mary walking around by herself, right? Yep, it's at night and he can go sleep with some girl. <laughs> yeah, Kendall's with some chick, um, the fucking player. Um, <laughs> and we also get some Kendall dick too, so we get some uh, oh, yeah. full frontal dick here. So it's <laughs> something for everybody. Well, that's what you're into. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, she's like being loud, and he's like, "Shut the fuck up!" He's like, "You trying to get us caught?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looking out the window, naked. And that's when he gets his dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he sees Mary walking around. Little do either of them know that she's also she's being stalked by the man in black. Um, so yeah, this guy moves quick. <laughs> yeah, he does um, everywhere, man. But, I kind of uh, think it's more than one person, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So uh, he's fresh. Uh, he he go. He decides to go check out. Um, check that out. He's like, I gotta go. She's like. <laughs> um, he just ditches this chick. Um, so he uh, he sees her um, walking around. He goes check her out, um, and she is walking, and she just thinks something's up. But uh, and then all of a sudden, some fucking guy comes out of nowhere doing kung fu, <laughs> starts like attacking her. It's so <laughs> random. I know. He's just like, <laughs> and she's just like, what the fuck? Um, and he, and then like he attacks her, and she's like, "What's going on?" And he comes out of nowhere, um, on a motorcycle, and yeah. he's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, that's my kung fu professor. What's up, man?" And it's just like a reunion now, and he's like, that's "Oh, I don't so know, weird. must, yeah." 
Uh, he's like, I don't know, it must have been something I ate or something. I don't know what happened. But so he just wanders off. He's like, okay, have a good night. Like, as if nothing happened, he just fucking attack this chick. Um, so Kendall, fucking random, but I love it. I love the right? randomness. I know. Oh, man, she kicks him in the nuts, too. Yeah, um, and like knocks him, <laughs> knocks him down. <laughs> it's like that but, brings him back to consciousness or something. Yeah, right. Um, so. And then Kendall gives Mary a ride on his little dirt bike there. Um, and then you got Sylvia, who's the uh, reporter. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's her name. She was there, too. Um, she's snooping around. And, you know, she's being followed by the killer. This dude's everywhere, um, man. <laughs> He's everywhere. Um, I wish I was yeah. that quick. Yeah, right. Um, so she's just she goes into this door, and she's looking around. Killers behind her, and well, and if you can guess what happens next, he murders her with a chainsaw, I believe. Uh, right? uh, was it a, a chainsaw? A knife. That's yeah. Right. This is the like the one time he uses something completely different. That's right. Um. Yeah. So she's not gonna be a issue anymore. <laughs> yeah. She gets murdered um, on the the waterbed. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So the waterbed they were talking about, you know, smoking pot and fucking earlier in the movie <laughs> comes into play. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, and then we cut to the next day. Get Mary and Kendall playing tennis. Um, and then you got another tennis player, you know, who um who's done for the day apparently or whatever. Uh she heads to the locker room to go take a shower. Um, meanwhile, they're playing tennis. They're doing their own thing. Um, and killer comes out of nowhere. Um, he sees him. He tries to attack her with a chainsaw. He runs away. He chases her through, like, the locker room. And mm-hmm. she goes into, like, a like closet or something, like, some kind of door. And uh, he um, he's using the chainsaw. He's, like, uh, sawing this bitch down. He's trying to... Yeah. Uh, another um, thing to note too is that I guess he turned on the like the loudspeaker, so there's like wicked loud music playing and shit. Oh yeah, um, yeah, there's like the announcement speakers, and there's like this like cheery band music playing the whole time too. <laughs> yeah. Um it's great. So, but yeah, uh, so maybe it's a drown with the sound of the. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's probably most likely the reason why he's doing that. That that's yeah, what I so. take from it anyway. But I mean, it could be anything. Hmm. Yeah, so he breaks down the door, and he gets a super co- super close um, uh, cut of uh, him just, like, chainsawing her fucking torso. And it's you just see this this flesh, like, the skin just tearing and it's shit. It's great. Um, it is so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so then Mary and Kendall, they see Willard leaving the locker room. And they ask him about the music. And he's like, that's not my job. He's like, the electronics is someone else's problem. He's <laughs> like, I'm just a groundskeeper. Um, but then he's like, I got keys to go turn it off, though. So let's go do that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, I know. okay, you're just bitching about it. He's a little smart there. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, I don't want any issues with these fucking people. I don't want any re- give them any reasons to, you know, make me look even more suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then... <sighs> So we get Mary and the uh, Willard. They go to the like the electronics room, and he goes to press a switch. She's like, "Don't touch anything. They could be prints if something happened." And he's like, "Oh, 
and he just presses the fucking switch anyway and shuts the music off. Meanwhile, Kendall, um, he drops off his tennis stuff and he goes into the locker room to discover remembered body of mm-hmm. the girl that was in the shower or the locker room. Um, both of her legs missing. Damn. Um, so yeah, and it's fucking, it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, everything Mary is super and, bloody. Yeah, so I, I think everyone who went to go look at this body was like, went, walked out of the fucking locker room gagging. So even the cop was like, yeah, <laughs> but bastard. <laughs> yeah, right. As Mary's like screaming out like ten thousand times, super loud. <laughs> bastard. Um. So, and then we got next. I don't know if it's the next day or um what, but or yeah, I'm not right sure. After this whole um, but Kendall is heading to the police station um to go check out some paperwork, which they put in a lot of trust in this one college kid. Yeah, they you know? deputized like, him. You know, um, they're like, oh, we shouldn't do it, but we don't really have yeah. like a choice at this point. Like, we know that he's innocent. Yeah. And he's popular. He knows everyone, so like he could be of assistance. You know? Yeah. But yeah. so, anyways, yeah, he's going heading to the police station. Um, and he's going through paperwork with sheriff. Um, and he's like, "Where do you want me to get started?" He's like, "That's your table over there." He's like, "Don't smoke. You're gonna distract me." <laughs> he's like, "Just make notes." Um, so. <clears throat> They're going through that stuff, um, and they decide to look into the Dean's past. Um, yeah, which is kind of random, but at the same time, I guess it's like, it makes sense because they look either. through everyone else. So they're like, yeah. this is the last person to but, to investigate. Yeah. So they look into his past, um, and uh, and they find out that when he was younger, his mother was killed. Um, by an axe murderer, in that um, quote unquote, quote unquote, yeah, who <laughs> <laughs> was never found at that, and that he had changed his name since then. Um, so they kind of assume that at this point they're like, oh, um, the dean. And meanwhile, the dean and Mary are talking. She's looking for the dean. He's um, Kendall's like, oh, he won't be around back till seven. You can find him at you know his office or whatever. Yep. So she goes to his office, and he's like, oh, let's go back to my apartment, which is um, the apartment you see in the uh, cuts of the puzzle throughout the movie. Um, yeah, the doors. Another thing is... we haven't mentioned either is that every time he he kills somebody, he, we see him walk into a freezer. Uh, and yeah, like, like he's a like, yeah. he's literally putting together like a Frankenstein. So he's trying to make whoever the person is on a puzzle in real life is what I'm getting from it. Yeah. That's why he's putting pieces together of the the girl who's on the puzzle every time he kills somebody. Yeah, he's like doing like a real life version of it. Kind of kind of fucked up and yeah, nasty, it's, it's but <laughs> gross. But anyways, um yeah, so he changed his name. They're at his apartment. Um and they kind of like guess they like, you know, they figure out they're like, "Oh, he must be cutting off, you know, they, they're noticing a pattern of the missing limbs and they're like, you know, he must be trying to put together some kind of human puzzle. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, Mary, she's at, um, 
<clears throat> at the apartment with him, um, and she's clearly something's wrong. She's in danger, but he offers her coffee. Um, he tells her she has nice feet, um, which <laughs> that's yeah. next on the puzzle. So you're like, oh, oh shit. Yep. Maybe the dean really is the killer. Um, and he makes her coffee. He's like, oh, sorry, it took so long. And she chugs that shit. He's like, "You want more?" And she's like, "Okay." So she pours he pours her more coffee and drugs her. And the um, way he's like putting the coffee together too is like all like nervous and everything. It's really funny because mm-hmm. he's like shaking, putting things yep. together. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, he gives her her drugged coffee and she's like, "Oh, I don't feel so good." And like I feel weird. And he's like, "That's probably the drugs I gave you." She's just like, "What?" He's like, dun, "You can dun, hear everything." Dun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she's, he's like, you can hear everything I say, but you can't do anything about it. So and he starts putting plastic down under it. He's like, oh, we don't want to make a mess now, don't we? Uh, something <laughs> along the lines of that. And she's just like, um, so at this point he's going to cut her feet off. It's, yeah. As you, um, so, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, and then as soon as you know, the police officers and Kendall kind of discover, you know, the break in the case. They're like, shit, we should probably get to his um, apartment. They're like, Mary's there, you know? Yeah. Um, but so they come into the apartment. They bust on, open the door, and um, he just kind of disappears. And they find Mary sitting on the uh, couch, just, like, paralyzed. You know, she's, like, freaking out, understandably. I would be, too. Mm-hmm. Um, same um, but yeah so they're like oh he can't be he can't have gotten far so the cops leave and they're like hey Kendall stay here with Mary you know make sure try to get her to walk you know make sure she feels safe and then the dean comes out on the curtain um, he actually <laughs> never left no oh, like, I just... they checked everywhere but the curtains but the behind the curtains like come <laughs> that's on like, that's such a classic spot like that's the first spot you go to like hide and seek you know yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Kendall so. versus the Dean versus the detective. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then he has a knife and he attacks uh, Kendall and he's about to kill Kendall, which, ooh, maybe this will be the first uh, male death of the movie. Nope. Cops come back and they shoot this motherfucker clean in the head. Well, I mean, it technically um, is the first male death, but not the one that we were thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, they shoot him, and it's a like, dead center, too, if you yeah. look at, like, the bullet hole in his head. <laughs> Very good um, aim. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he shoots him, he's dead, um, and then afterwards, they're all kind of just, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on, they're, like, you know, they're trying to just recuperate, I guess, um. Yeah. You know, they're like, all right, Kendall, you need to go home, get some sleep. You've been through a lot. And he leans on his bookshelf. Um, he's like, oh, I've got my jacket. Grabs his jacket, puts it on, pop leans on a bookshelf, and the whole fucking thing turns. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the human jigsaw puzzle falls out and lands on Kendall. Yeah, the Frankenstein woman. The Frankenstein woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then, um, then they finally get prepared. Oh, no. This was the jacket part after. Um, they get the thing off him. They're just, he's like, all right, you've been through a lot. Get some sleep. Um, 
Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I got to get my jacket, which is like coincidentally right next to the covered up uh, Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes to put his jacket on. They're about to leave. And you see an arm from up from under the sheet. And it just comes to life and just grabs him by the fucking dick and balls and just starts clawing the shit out of him <laughs> as he's screaming. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's presumably ripping his fucking dick off or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then, um, yeah. That's, that's pretty that's much the it. End. Yeah. Yeah. Rolls credits right after that. Man, <laughs> this, this movie does kind of throw you through a loop a little bit because, um, it's not like a, a classic slasher. It's a slasher that's disguised as like a, mystery a mystery slash whodunit film. So it's a, it, it really throws you through a loop. And the writing's pretty good, I have to say. I mean, there are, like I said, there's some cheesy dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ending is super, like, shock-driven. It's like, okay, well, he's dead. And then we get this glimpse of, I guess, the Frankenstein woman is alive. We don't know how or yeah. why. And just destroys Kendall's dick. <laughs> and apparently I was reading that during that scene they had to use like real razor blades to cut open the stuff that they were using and I guess some of it actually nicked him down there. So oh, really? he um he he's got some scars. But Did um you? the the actor who who plays Kendall, um I do have the names here. Uh, is um Ian Sarah and this was his last film that he did. So um he pretty much did, did this. Did he pass away or No, no, like was... he just oh, moved okay. on to other things. I don't I think he's still alive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this has a lot of uh, uh people in this movie and there's a lot. I don't know if I want to go through a whole of them, but I'll go through a couple of them like um Lydia Day George who plays Mary was mm-hmm. um very popular cuz she was in all like the the Mission Impossible um TV shows and then Love Boat. Yep. Um apparently the Dean was also a very uh influential and um important actor, Edmund um Purdom, Purdom. who played in um I guess Harold the Great in The Egyptian, which I guess was some pretty popular films back then. Um we have Willard who is also kind of a, a big actor. I mean, he only really has like one really big um, credit, but it's big mm-hmm. enough to consider him like a, a an all star. Is that he was in Popeye and he played Bluto, so the oh. the the big dude in the in the film. So he was also in that. But that's pretty much all I'm going to talk about for the um, actors because there's a lot of people in this film, even though it doesn't yeah. seem like it. But there is, and it's a lot of like mixed cultures. Obviously, yeah. we talked about that earlier. Um, but I have the Rotten Tomato scores. Do you wanna you wanna take a guess as to what the critics critics wrote this as? Yeah. All right. Uh, for the tomato meter, I'm gonna have to guess sixty six percent. Forty six. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's pretty low. And uh, what about the audience? Audience score is usually a little higher, I think, or it depends. But um, I'm gonna give it. Probably about the same. I'm gonna say sixty-seven. Fifty-one. Oh, okay. So this <laughs> this movie is um pretty um low on people's um opinions. Opinions, but I honestly think like if I have to, I liked it. If I have to review this, like 
as a reviewer like we are and have to give it a score, I would probably give it this one. I'm definitely going to give it way more than I did with um Sadako versus um Kiyako or Kiyaka. Yeah. I'm going to give it about a 7.5 because it's good. It throws a lot of twists. The effects are amazing. I it's just the overdubbed um voices always get to me and like hey, I love Suspiria and I love Dario Argento and like you know um Mario Bava and like all those like amazing masters of horror literally in the Italian world. Mm-hmm. But the overdubbed voices always get to me. Yeah. I don't know it's why. At some point through the movie though too you you notice like a little like little flaws with it, you know? Yeah, I mean it's definitely part of the aesthetic and yeah. And where they come from and everything, but I don't know, they always Add throw some me off. Authenticity, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a seven point five out of ten blood splatters. What about you, Aaron? Um well I liked it for a lot of the same reasons you did. Um honestly Besides from like the dub, you know, like I, it doesn't bother me too much. Um, I like I said, I like it. I had some authenticity. Um, I thought it was well written. It was a fun movie, you know. Um, but yes, it was very, nice and gory, which I enjoy. <laughs> very enjoyable. Um, yeah, you know, and it wasn't too long. It doesn't wasn't like dragged out or anything. It's straight to the point, but it also gets you like it has some suspense and like you know, some mystery to it. So. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 blood splatters. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed this movie. This is my third time watching it. And um, I would definitely watch it again at some point. I think this is definitely a movie that if you want somebody to watch a slasher that hasn't really seen slashers before, I think probably introduce them to this first. Mm -hmm. And then maybe Halloween. Just because this one has such a different take on the slasher like genre. Yeah. You know, it was still fairly new back then because we've only had like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Halloween and then this and obviously like some other ones in between, but like the, the yeah. bigger ones. This is definitely one that I would show people who are like, hey, I want to get into like this subgenre of horror. And I'll be like, okay, this is cool because this is a completely different Check take. This out. Yeah. There's mystery, there's blood and gore, there's a lot of killings and the surprise element at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really do enjoy this movie. And for anybody who has Shudder, or even if you don't have Shudder, get Shudder and watch this movie. Or just go rent it. I'm pretty sure you can rent this on pretty much anything or even buy it. Uh, yeah. I would like to get this one on, uh, if they have a Blu-ray version of it, or even like a 4K. I would, I would like to get that. <laughs> um, but I think that's pretty much all I have to talk about for this film uh, today. Aaron, is there anything you want to add before we get into our closing? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Uh, once again, this was Pieces, 1982. Um, I hope this is a movie also that they don't try to go and remake. This yeah. is something that's its own thing. Let it be its own thing. Let it live where it is in, in time. And um, I might go watch. There's another movie that the director did that's also, I've been told, is pretty good. It's called Slugs. Mm-hmm. So... I want to go see if I can track that down and watch that because yeah. I think some of the actors that were in this were also are in that movie too. So I want to see how his writing kind of evolved after this because I think Slugs is also a horror movie. Yeah, um, I don't think it's a slasher, but um, I'm going to go look it up today and see if I can track it down. 
Um, <laughs> if anybody has seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. In YouTube comments or anywhere you can comment, even on like Patreon, let us know because I want to see if you guys have a cool review on it. And I'll definitely make sure to check it out on my free time. Um, but once again, you guys can find us on all of our socials on Twitter, TikTok for our promotional reasons. I'm actually trying to add other things on there other than pro- promotional stuff. We'll see where it goes. Um, I'm not too creative when it comes to like less than one minute videos, and that's like what TikTok mm-hmm. is. But um, anyway, that, that will be fun. You can also find us on yeah. Instagram. You can support us on Patreon, which once again is the best way to support us and lets us know that you guys are enjoying the content and you also get a bunch of stuff early and we have stickers up on there. I'm probably going to start adding the shirts that we have on there too. So if anybody doesn't want to have to go to Teespring, you guys want to get it right right through um, Patreon, we'll probably try to get a discount code for um, Mm -hmm. patrons, which I think would also be kind of cool for you guys. Um, You can find us on Twitch and that's about it, right, Aaron? And obviously Aaron's in my Instagram, yeah, just about anywhere. <laughs> and um, we like to do this live, but just so everybody knows, I should have said this in the beginning. I'm definitely going to put it on, um, probably put it as an intro segment. That this is pre-recorded just because this week that you guys are hearing this, I am away on vacation. So I am not able to do this live with you guys on Saturday. So Aaron and I have, been do, have recorded this uh, a week in advance. So I apologize for you guys not being able to tune in to this one live. Um, but I well, want to thank everybody. Next week, though. <laughs> yeah. I want to uh, thank everybody. Future. This is now in the future. Thank you guys for tuning in future. to our Fade to Black uh, episode that will be that was last Saturday. Wow. It feels really weird talking <laughs> in the future to past people. Right. But um, thank you guys. Regardless, any of your support is absolutely amazing, and um, we have some really, really fucking cool ideas coming up now. That's oh, going to yeah. be happening in the fall. I'm going to say in the fall, and um, I really hope what goes down and what happens, you guys are going to enjoy as much as we are going to uh, be having making it. But uh, once again, this is the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm your co-host, Aaron. And thank you guys so much for listening. And come listen, if you dare. If you dare. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.